Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It was Tuesday, November the 15th. Yes, sir. Let's get to it. L.A. is the city of champions again. L.A. is the city of champions again. All right. And in L.A., those Lakers are about to come back and get another two-game winning streak. All right. But first, week 10 in the NFL, it was a good one. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. let's just get right to it i'm i'm gonna keep it, it, it we not gonna be here that long this week all right people we not gonna be here that long because we're about to jump into it as we look at the landscape for this past week week 10 was crazy you had things happen that we didn't think were going to happen we have players ball out all right this week in week 10 in the nfl you have Atlanta versus Carolina on Thursday night. We thought that was going to be a snooze fest, but we look at that. Carolina stepped up and stepped out. Atlanta was trying to make a push. They were getting some games behind them. Cordero Panister made a comeback, but it was not enough. Carolina beat Atlanta 25-15. to Tampa Bay, the resurgence of the old man, AARP. We're going to get more into that later, but we're starting off with Tom Brady. Tom Brady beating Seattle, stopped the four-game winning streak. They won for a full month. Geno Smith couldn't get enough. He only got two touchdowns. They got 16. They lost to Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, 21 to 16th. And Tampa Bay is taking a nice stronghold after Atlanta's loss and Tampa Bay's victory got a nice little distance in the final spot or for the champion spot, the leading spot for the NFC South. Next, big game, big game, big game. Minnesota, game of the day. Minnesota versus Buffalo in Buffalo, Minnesota. Only loss of the season coming to the undefeated at that time, undefeated Eagles team, and they're always having all these close victories. Seven games this season, all won, but by single digits, doing business this season. And this season, I mean, this game would be nothing different as they went ahead and beat Buffalo 33 to 30, but that's not the tell of the tape. Buffalo had the game won. It was so many things. The immaculate catch by Justin Jefferson, the, the, the fumble at the goal line. The pick, the two different picks in the end zone by by Josh Allen and sending over to Peterson. Peterson both getting them. So much drama in this game. It was phenomenal. Easily the best game of the season. I'm not giving it justice. The thing that pissed me off the most because I don't have a Sunday ticket anymore. So this game got cut off for, for us was the Rams for many of the people's for the Cowboys game. I'm like, come on, somebody. It was a great. My daughter does not watch football. She was like, oh, <laughs> oh. Wow. She was like, wow. I was yelling. She was yelling with me. She was laying right there on my lap. It was a good one. And Minnesota edged that out, finally beating a true contender. And that gives us a lot of questions. Let me sit on this for a second. Well, we haven't gotten to the records. We'll do that later. But with Buffalo losing another game, 
and everyone was picking them to be a Super Bowl contender, are they still? And it's not like they're not still a talented team. I mean, any given Sunday, anyone could win. Understood. Absolutely. But we'll get into the division later with the other teams, what they did, how they fared this past Sunday. And Buffalo seems to continuously slide just a little bit. Minnesota right now is, is, is on a hot streak. They're a real team. They're, they may have holes in their defense, but their offense now get adding Hawkinson to that mix. So is Buffalo really that team in the AFC? We'll get into it. We'll get into it a little bit later. The injury of Josh Allen, he probably should not have played this game, especially since they didn't get the W. We'll see what happens going forward. Minnesota's them dudes. They got Cook. Dalvin Cook's still good enough. Hey, I've seen worse quarterbacks win Super Bowl than Cousins. You like that? You like that? Yeah, I like that, man. That was good stuff. You got probably the best, if not top three best wide receiver in the game today. You know, it's crazy in that top echelon. We haven't seen Hopkins too much this season, but Hopkins is that dude. We all see what Devontae Adams is that dude. You, you saw Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl last season. And now you're looking over here. You got this brother here and um, Justin Jefferson looking all that good. Only person to fall off in the last few years who came in on the scene hot was um, Claypool. But he doesn't have anyone to throw him the ball. So we have to wait to see what Claypool could do because he balled out uh, his first season under Ben Big Ben. So, and then you still got Tyreek Hill. The, the wide receiver in core in this league is stacked and still still doing damage because Tyreek Hill might put up a record-breaking season. We'll get to the Miami Dolphins in a, in a, in a bit. But this guy's putting up 120-plus yards every game. So it's going to be good to see what's happened for the rest of the season. But, but like I said, back to Minnesota, they have all the weapons to go ahead and get it done. Adding Hawkinson from Detroit. I still don't understand the trade fully. Why help out a divisional foe? But... Minnesota is looking real. They're looking really, really real. Back to back to Detroit. After they trade away their tight end, one of their star players, one of the fan favorites, they go ahead and still beat Chicago in Chicago by being down double digits in late in the fourth quarter. That's amazing. And and it came down to the nail biter, but the story of this is not Detroit getting that W. The story is Justin Fields. The story is Chicago finally having a quarterback. A quarterback putting up crazy numbers. I was lucky to pick him up in one of my leagues. I'm still pissed that I did not pick up Justin Fields weeks ago because he was putting up numbers. I just wasn't paying attention. And I really didn't need a quarterback at the time, but me drafting in two different leagues. In two leagues, I drafted Russell Wilson. Of all people, I drafted Russell Wilson. So I thought I could get said I got Geno Smith off the scrap heap in a couple of leagues, and then I should have seen Justin Fields on the horizon. I saw it in one league. Actually, I saw it in all the leagues, but this uh, I was too high up in the waiver wire. too low down, I should say. My team was too good. I mean, we're not the top team, but I would, with Fields balling the way he's balling, it could took me over the top. Oh, man. And then we see the Kansas City. That's nothing to see there. They beat Jacksonville 27-17. That's to be expected. Cleveland, this is for you. They got beat down by the Dolphins, 39-17. Tua Tungvaloa is just stamping his name all over and putting his name inside the bucket for MVP because when he left those three games, they looked like basura. And now he's back. He got swag now. He's getting confident. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Tua's feeling himself. Tyreek Hill and Waddle, they doing them things. I'm telling you. Kaseki's still there. They, they, they getting Jeff Wilson that trade for Jeff Wilson at the trade deadlines so is paying off dividends because now he has Mostert there with them and he's doing big things. Actually, I did check 
I traded Jeff Wilson away and he bought out this weekend. That's why I traded away for uh, Patterson because I figured he wasn't going to do much because uh, I traded him back before the trade happened when uh, CMC was there. I said, oh, he's going to back up CMC and he's not going to get the touches he was getting um, beforehand. And then he got traded away and I was like, I think he's still going to do damage. So I traded away uh, Dulich and 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 William uh, Wilson the third of uh, the junior I'm sorry and uh he balled out he actually did much better than Cordell Patterson did this weekend so um I don't know time would tell if that was a good trade but I don't know it's not looking too great right now because when you have players on bad teams they tend to kind of fizzle out when it, when you need them the most in uh, fantasy playoffs so we'll see all right moving on oh before we move off from there deshaun watts has been um cleared to now practice with the browns he should be playing in the next few weeks gotta see if they can still be in playoff contention we'll get into the bubble watch a little bit later um houston texans lose again to the giants the surprising giants danny dimes and saquon barkley doing that thing man and that trade they just pulled off not too long ago um they, they sent one of their receivers away and they're still balling like nothing like nothing's changed so uh, the Giants 24 to 16 over the Texans. Pittsburgh uh, upset New Orleans. Um, a daddy, uh, Dalton's just not looking good. I don't know why they refused to play Jameis Winston. He came back from the injury, but I guess they were winning or playing well. They want to mess up the chemistry, but it's like you guys are not expected to do much this year. Just put Jameis out there to get the familiarity with the team. It sucks because Michael Thomas is done for the season. His career might just very well maybe be over. Because he's missing too much time, showing too many injuries at this part of his career. Just collect that last check. Keep it pushing, brother. Michael Thomas, your career is over. Denver goes down to Tennessee. Um, King Henry doing his thing. 17 to 10. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Russell Wilson, biggest biggest surprise this season is how bad the Denver Broncos have looked. Um, mm, we're here. As we made fun. And I saw this happen. I said, what, I joked about it. I said, wouldn't it be something if Jeff Sadig walks off of ESPN, just walks right off the street and beats my Raiders at home? This is the game I was actually supposed to be at. I was supposed to be there this weekend. I canceled because of some family emergencies, and I'm glad I wasn't there for that. I'm glad. My daughter celebrated her actual birthday. She had a birthday party uh, this weekend. Even though her birthday was last week, she went to someone else's party on her birthday because she's a team player like that. And we had something small for her, just intimate. Then now all her cousins were able to come over for pajama jammy jam. I'm off topic. But my point is I was home and I and I watched um, some of this and saw the travesty of Indianapolis with Jeff Saturday beating my rate as 25 to 20, um, missing um, two-point conversions and whatnot. Um, it <laughs> he walks off the street and beats you guys. You guys, and, and this is the thing. After the game. I, you guys should have heard this by now, but if you haven't yet to hear this, listen to the interview by our leader, Derek Carr. Do you have any explanation for just where this team stands right now? Um, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I know where I stand, and I love the silver and black. I'm going to give it everything I can every time I go out there. And uh, I can't speak for everybody, um, you know, for every man. Um what's going on in their head but I can tell you what's going on in my head and I'm going to give it all that I can every single time Derek I'm going to ask this with the utmost respect is there in any way a disconnect with what you're trying to do 
and this new staff as far as the system? You know, I don't think so. Um, I love, I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, They've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off. Some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. We put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort, this is me off. This is a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. I'm being honest. All right. I'm sure there's many ways to hear this and to dissect this. Um, And those of you who know me probably already know where I'm going to go with this. A lot of people I heard talking about this on different networks and platforms said they had to hear it three times or so multiple times it kind of really they kept hearing something new every time it's like, oh i didn't catch that the first time i heard oh yeah you're playing football Mm-mm. i heard it right away i heard it right away this is the person that i knew him to be in Derek Carr. i could tell the cut of a person's jib within five minutes of seeing them listen to them listen to their mannerisms listen to the words actually coming out of their mouth see the thing is this He's politic. He's a political person. People fall for the okie doke with him when it comes to, he doesn't throw a lot of picks. Look, he, he throws over 200 plus yards a game. He does just enough. Oh, it's not his fault. He needs help. He's, it's always an excuse for him because he's likable, but he's likable because people believe the bull crap coming out of his mouth. And I remember this back then. People would still give him credit. Oh, they had a rally and cry. No, the record was a piece of crap. And they were able to get in and then they, they did bomb because of all the tragedies. I get that. But I told you, he's not that guy. He's not him. He's not a leader of men. Going back, I remember some years ago, back when Amari Cooper was here, and there were some racial tensions going on in America. And some of the comments he made rubbed his teammates the wrong way. I'm telling you what I know. And they stopped blocking for him. This was like two, three seasons ago. Way back when all that stuff was happening. Way back before the Brett Favre comments. He said some things. And I was, that it, it made me poke up and peek up like, hmm, who is this guy? And I always notice he seemed like somebody who tries to please everyone. He's trying to get out of his brother's shadow and just try to show that the car. So he's always been afraid to take chances downfield and make mistakes. If he makes one pick, it just demoralizes him. Bosa says something years ago, a couple years ago. He says, if you pass, if you, if you disturb him, if you, if you pressure him, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to fold like a cheap tent. He said that and it's true and now you have present things today where you're pretty much calling out 
you're subbing you're you're, you're being uh n- not you're subbing teammates you're you're being passive aggressive and you're teetering back and forth like a petulant child and you're crying like a little piss ant that you are because you're the baby boy used to getting everything your way i'm sure you are i'm sure of it and look at you you're not even holding yourself accountable. Oh, you're doing everything you can. All right, Russell Wilson. I'm doing my lunges on the plane where everyone else is asleep. Everyone else is asleep. Everyone's asleep, but I'm doing my squats and I'm doing my calisthenics while they're asleep on a plane. Look at you. I put the thing we put in our bodies. If you got to know that we all go through. You sign up to play millions of dollars to play a sport. Shut up. We don't know what other people go through. We don't want to go there. The amount of money we have to spend. You guys have the highest ticket in the land for a game. And you guys are sucking up the building. You guys are pissing it all off. You want to talk about what we go through. What we got to go through to get out there. And and some of us do it. Not the other ones do it. So you're going to tell me what other people are or not doing. How much they care or don't care. As the organization just spirals out of control. Is it the coach? Is it you? I say it's you. I think at this point, Devontae Adams is like, you ain't the dude I used to go um, ham with in college and college is different from pros we get money you get paid you got family things change the competition level changes y'all not boys no more he can clearly see the air aaron is a better quarterback than you and you guys are both piss poor leaders damn Devonte, what are you gonna do now hmm you might want to get tom brady in there hmm, i don't know just a thought <laughs> you guys tried to couldn't do it all right Derek Carr, you served your purpose. You brought in one of the best receivers in the league. Now you can go. You suck. Suck. But I, the thing is this. This is the thing. I called it way before that the Raiders are not going to win more than eight games this season. I said it. I should have put money on it, but I do not bet against my team. I said this. However, I did not see them losing to Jacksonville one week, getting shut up by the Saints another week, and then go ahead and losing to a non-coach team in the hapless Colts did not see that. See, it's not just that you lose, it's how you lose. Now you're losing all the close games again. You're losing, you're having leads, and you're losing those leads too. You're leading the league and 17 point leads to losses. Leading the league in all the wrong things. And you're getting no takeaways. You can't get the ball away if you can't get fumbles, you can't get interceptions, you can't do a damn thing. You guys suck. I'm over it. Big old shocker was Dallas getting beat. By Green Bay Packers with some questionable calls once again by Mike McDaniels. Not Mike McDaniels. Mike McCarthy. Got Josh in my damn head. Mike McCarthy making some questionable calls and, of course, costing them a game. When you have a big lead and he can go ahead and do – and then the thing is you went away from what got you there. I do know Zeke did not suit up. Okay. You have Pollard. You have some other guys there as well. You still need to focus on running the ball, and you didn't do that. That's part of it. You let Dak be Dak, and Dak's going to throw the ball away. He's going to throw the ball away. You can't let Dak go toe-to-toe with one of the greatest of all time. Because all you're doing is giving them more possession. You're giving Aaron Rodgers the ball more and more. The more you throw it, the more they get a chance to throw it if you're not converting. It's just a recipe for disaster. You let them get their mojo back, and you got beat. (laughs) Anyways, Arizona Cardinals with a backup quarterback, Colt McCoy. Remember Colt McCoy? Went ahead and beat those Rams 27-17 in L.A. L.A. Rams may be done. The Chargers once ahead lost to the 49ers. 49ers once again not giving up any points in the second half. That's amazing. And finally, 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 the Eagles get an L. Questionable call on the roughing the pass for Heineke late. 
But nonetheless, they they had the time of possession. They had the recipe to beat them. I think the Eagles came in believing the hype, seeing that Washington are the worst team in that division. But that team was inspired as their coach laid his mother to rest, playing with a heavy heart, coaching with a heavy heart. And they went ahead and beat those boys down and with a late uh, fumble with the with the keeping the ball away, last-minute drill. The, the I never understood that. This is not rugby. Just stop doing it. It's not successful. And by seeing that, they went ahead and, and the, the score is not indicative of what really happened out there. Um, Great week. Looking ahead to next week. Next week's matchups. Let's see here. Which one should you look for? Thursday might be surprisingly good. The Tennessee Titans versus the Packers. Um, I am looking forward to actually watching Bears versus Falcons. Because they're just fun teams to watch right now, especially Justin Fields doing what he's doing. Um, Browns-Bills could be a surprisingly good game. Brissette's been balling, and the Bills need to bounce back quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, what else is good to watch? The Jets-Patriots. Some playoff implications on that game. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Jets-Patriots is a good game to look out for. I still want to see the Raiders-Broncos. Actually, no, I don't. F both those teams. They both messed it up for me. The Raiders looking bad, and the Broncos looking worse. All right? Um, Cowboys, Vikings, another good game. Vikings being tested two weeks in a row. I'm telling you this right now. If the Vikings, I know they're at home, but if the Vikings win this game after winning the game they just won against Buffalo in Buffalo, if they win this game, I say they're legit title contenders and legit possibly 1A or 1B best team in the NFC. Another good game to watch will be the Chiefs versus Chargers. That Sunday night game, it will be epic down in L.A. I think the Chargers can win that game. I just don't think they will. I think the Chiefs are really them boys. I think they're better and more efficient without Tyreek Hill. All right. So that is that. Let's take a quick look at the standings real quick. Um, The Dolphins have now taken the lead in that division, 7-3. Um, and the Jets also there. The Bills dropped from number one to number three in the AFC. East. Wow. How things change in one week. AFC West, the Chiefs run that division 7-2 and two, is looking more increasingly difficult for there to be even a wild card seed to come out of the AFC West. Oh my God. Supposed to be the toughest division in all of NFL. Not looking so good right now. The Raiders at the bottom 2-7. and seven. AFC North, the Ravens hold still hold Fort right there 6-3. The Browns are 3-6. and six. They still got to hold it together. I can't believe they have the same record as the Steelers right now. Bengals are five and four. Like I said, that that wild card seat's looking really hot. All right, AFC South, the Titans are there six and three, and that's probably it. I don't think the Colts or anyone else in that division is going to do anything else. All right, uh, and then NFC Eagles still, even though they got a loss, they're still the best team, eight and one, um, but not by much over the Giants, who are seven and two, right there, and the Cowboys are six and three. Interesting spot, and then no team with a losing record in that division as the Commanders now five and five. NFC West, Seahawks 6-4 right now. The 49ers right there at 5-4. And, and um, the Rams at the bottom of the division at 3-6. That hangover is real. NFC North, Vikings lead the division 8-1. Tied right now for the best record in the league and obviously in that conference. And the Packers right there you know, far away at 4-6. Lions with that win at 3-6. Just barely over the Bears at 3-7 who have yet to have their bye. NFC South, the Buccaneers, 5-5, five and five, who lead that division. That's just embarrassing. If you're the 500 team and you're leading that division, that's a two-game winning streak. How bad would you were two weeks ago? Let's look at the playoff picture as of right now, as it looks. 
is seven teams. Remember that. The number one seed gets a bye that week. So it's seven teams. Let's take a look at that and see what that looks like right now. Um, where's the playoff picture? I had it pulled up. Okay, perfect. All right. All right, all right, all right. So number one seed gets a bye. And then uh, two is versus two versus uh, seven. Yeah, two versus seven. We'll pull it up right now. Um, so number one team gets a bye. And then it's the two through seven. We'll go up against it. So it'll be two versus seven, uh, three versus six, and four versus five. That's how that will work once that happens. Seventh is that last seed in there. Let's see how it is. In AFC right now, um, number one seed overall is looking at for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now taking that number one spot. The Dolphins right now sit at number two. And the Titans, because they are leading their division, will be the third spot. And the Ravens and that fourth division uh, leading spot. And the Chiefs, like I said, will be number one with the bye. All right. And the, right now, um, the Jets will be the fifth seed. The Bills, the sixth seed. That's huge. That is so huge. And the Patriots in that final seed. And the Chargers are right there on the bubble on the way out. The Bengals are right there with them as well at five and four. No one else really, really matters at this point. Uh, so let's move on to the NFC. The Eagles right now, number one. The Vikings, number two. Uh, the Seahawks, third, and the Buccaneers, even though they're five and five, are fourth. And it's interesting, the fifth seed, the Giants, seven and two. The Cowboys, six is six and three. That's so interesting because you're a wild card. And then the Niners in that final spot on the bubble, the Commanders right there in the eighth spot. And the Packers, not too far behind, like I said before, Packers and Falcons and the Cardinals all sitting at four and six, not too far behind the Commanders right outside the bubble. They're not too far behind. All right. Right now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into some MBA action. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? No! Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562 562- PDA 7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, all right. You already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's a happy birthday, so let's go. King Charles III turns 74 this week. Lil Boosie turns 40 this week, and Carl Anthony Towns turns 27. Travis Barker turns 47 this week, and Kalisto, the wrestler, Kalisto turns 36 this week. Bowl Bowl turns 23 this week, and Pete Davidson, Pete the Meat Davidson turns 29. RuPaul turns 62 this week, and Dragon Bender turns 28. Batboy SSC turns 29 this week, and Lisa Bonet turns 55. Danny DeVito turns 78 this week, and Zach Collins turns 25. Ronnie DeVoe turns 55 this week, and F-A-P-O-L-O-U-S, fabulous, turns 45. Um, Devin Haney turns 24 this week, and Sada Baby turns 30. 
Owen Wilson turns 54 this week, and Tyga turns 33. Martin Scorsese turns 80 this week, and Mike Epps turns 52. Uh, Future turns 39 this week, and Mike Jones. Mike Jones turns 41. David Ortiz turns 47, and Damon Wayans Jr. turns 40. Allison Felix turns 37 this week, and Megan Kelly turns 52. Calvin Klein turns 80 this week, and Adam Driver turns 39. Davido turns 30 this week, and Jody Foster turns 60. Cody Hahn turns 77 this week, and Lil Mo turns 44. Meg Ryan turns 61 this week, and Joel McHale turns 51. President Joe Biden turns 80 this week, and Bree and Nikki Bella, the Bella Twins, turn 39. Jackson Bieber, that's Justin Bieber's youngest brother, turns 13 this week, and Michael Strahan turns 51. Johnny Dang, the entrepreneur, Johnny Dang turns 48 this week, and Ken Griffey Jr. turns 53. My cousin turns Michael, my, my cousin Michael Ford turns 65 this week, and finally my other cousin Tristan Tote turns 41. All right, we have some honorable mentions. Yolanda King, the daughter of the late great Martin Luther King Jr. Passed away 2007, would have been 67 this week. Larry King, you guys all know him for his talk shows and his interviews, passed away just last year, 2021, would have been 89 this week. And finally, Robert F. Kennedy passed away, was fatally killed in 1968, would have been 97 this week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. In the NBA, welcome back to the time is now, everybody. In the NBA, um, I know how I usually do my predictions. Who's going to win this week? Who's going to my top picks? My NBA top picks? I haven't done that this season yet for good reason. It's just been a weird year so far. Hard to predict. Now that we're after, we got our first, what, 12 games or so, 12, 13 games in the season. I think I can start doing it. Not this week. We'll do it. We'll pick it up next week. I didn't get a chance to look over and uh, look over what's going on right now. But just the other night, just the other night, go to state like they're back on the horse. But San Antonio is, is tanking for Wimbanyama. We all know this. They all tanking for Wimbanyama, Yama, Yama, Yama. Man, old school reference movie. Let me know what movie that's from. I'm going to say that from going forward. The Yama, 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 Yama. That's, that's the sweepstakes to get that young man they went ahead 132 to 95 went berserk on them boys um milwaukee took an l to atlanta i believe that Giannis didn't play i gotta look that up again he hasn't played in the last few games maybe he didn't play in this game um even though it's okc shea is still doing work down there i know they're trying to play they're trying to look competitive as they also take for win but yama 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 so um okc loses to boston 126 to 122 um, Toronto still putting up big points, man. Um, and then Charlotte, with now with La- uh, Lamelo Ball returning, is doing big things. But then there was no, um, I say, future rookie of the year. Banchero did not play. They barely edged him out by seven points. That was just last night's games. Um, but before then, the Lakers, the Lakers got themselves a victory. Oh my God! They went. Fi- they in a five-game losing streak. Then won two. Went on another five-game win streak. And look, they won another game. All right. Yeah, so maybe they're going to win another game as well. They don't play against a Friday. Oh, my God. So so that's what's happening with the Lakers. Lakers are uh, still looking pretty bad. I ain't going to front. 
ain't no future in front. We talked about that last week. They're three and ten. Three and ten. Damn it. Looking pretty bad right now. Um, they can only win at home. They're 0-5 on the road. I don't know what's going on. And they can't beat a team in their division. Not even Sacramento. Lord have mercy. Lakers right now looking pretty bad. They're averaging 108 points a game. Uh, the point differential is minus six and a half. That is second to worst. Third to worst. Okay, thank God. They're third to worst in the entire conference. Okay, and they're bottom four in the league in point differential. Lord have mercy. So they're still pretty far down, and they keep digging themselves in a further ditch because between them and the top seed, they're about a, what, six-game difference? They're six games behind the top seed. And we're not trying to say they're trying to get the top seed, but just six games from that. You go into one, two, three, four, five, six. From the play-in game, they're about four and a half games out of the play-in game scenario. All right? So that's a nice distance because not only you can't just win, you expect them to lose, which means everybody that's ahead of them, they cannot lose another game to them and it's still by beating other teams. That's like going to pick up ground. To ensure they lose, you got to play them and beat them. So the teams ahead of them, Oklahoma City, okay, easy enough. San Antonio, they're going to play them twice coming up in the next couple weeks. Minnesota, they can beat these teams. Go to State, mm, Sacramento, they should be able to. New Orleans, yes, why not? They just beat them. That's the, one of their three wins. Um, the Clippers, they almost had them beat the other night. So these teams are all teams they can beat outside of probably go to state in Minnesota, most likely. They can beat these teams every time they face them. So that will help catapult them above the other teams. Like they're finally starting to figure out their rotation. Um, as of right now, Russell's looking great off the bench. And mind you, a lot of these games are without LeBron James. All right. So a lot of these games are without LeBron James. Um, uh, Schroeder's coming back. So you have Schroeder coming back soon, and Thomas Bryant coming back, our true center. Damian Jones was just supposed to be there when AD gets hurt or the days he misses for for, for rest or something like that. That's what Damian Jones and, and um, Wynion Gabriel are there for. Thomas Bryant, unfortunately, got hurt to start the season, so this is where we are. With Thomas Bryant, we get to see now possibly having uh, AD playing at the four spot, especially when they play against teams that are larger. When you have the Jokic's of the world and you have the Nurkic's of the world, um, you have the DeAndre Ayton's of the world and, 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 and the Embiid's and so forth and so on. The Bucks, where they have Brooke Lopez. There's teams with big men and there's teams that's not like Miami or, or like the Nets. Even though um, I've got the young man, even though Claxton is long, he's not big. So that's no wonder why AD was able to eat like that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with AD finishing the death lineup as the five, but he does not need to start, especially when he's going against other big men. It compromises our defense. It compromises AD because now he's worn down. He can't. That's why he doesn't shoot a lot in the fourth quarter. That's why he's not as efficient or even asking for the ball in the fourth quarter. He's tired. He's worn down. And it's early. It's too early in the season for him to be gasping for air. Whether 12, 13, whatever games into the season, he's already spent. Because he's playing the five far too often. He's either going to give he's he's going to be your best defender and your best offensive player with LeBron out. We can't have it. So that's what needs to change. Um, sticking with the Lakers a little bit longer than I expected. It's been a lot of trade talks still. Um, with the trade talks, I'm kind of conflicted. Should they trade AD? LeBron's untradeable. We'll just move on from there. Should they trade AD? Should they trade Russ? Russ is showing that he'd be viable. If anything, like I said, beginning of the season and last season, I said, trust is, if anything, is increasing his trade value. Maybe we don't have to give up two picks, right? 
he's going to be very marketable. So you can still trade Russ. Russ is not uh, 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 above reproach. But my thing is this. Don't trade anybody. Because AD could get good value. You could get a lot of assets for him. You can get picks. You can swap picks. You can get shooters. You can get another big man in Miles Turner or someone else and give up a lot less. You can get more because it's AD. So that's that. But And then you can probably get uh, Bradley Bill. There's so many things you can get. But do anybody you get make you or put you over the top to make you a true title contender? That's the question. So if none of these guys make the Lakers a title contender per se, and the way to do that is LeBron can't be your best player. I'm sorry, he can't. LeBron can't be your best player, and you know that AD is not that dude, similar to that of Pau Gasol. Once, Le- once Kobe was done, they're like, okay, we got to get Chris Paul. We need Chris Paul. Chris Paul could be our best player. He was MVP candidate around that time. That's in his prime of his career. And I still don't think it would have worked, but I see what they were trying to do. They said, okay, we can't let Kobe go out this way. We got to get him another all-star. Who could be the top player on the team. So maybe Bradley Bill, but the, 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 the Pacers deal does not help you unless you're trading both of those guys away. Unless you're trading AD away over here and, you, and you're trading uh, Westbrook over there and you're getting back an all-star and Bill, and then you're getting back some good pieces in a shooter and Buddy Hill. And a, and, a, and a prime defender who can actually shoot the J and Mouse Turner. And then maybe get another asset, another pick, or another asset, and then go ahead and do pick swaps. It's totally doable. And then give LeBron a fighting chance. Because as the team is constructed right now, they're not good enough. And this is the final thought I'm going to say about that. People are saying they have no shooting. That's not true. You've seen it now. The shooting has gotten better. The problem was AD and LeBron were shooting the three too much. They were both shooting around 20%. You have the wrong people shooting. You even have Russ hitting threes right now. You have people, I told you, you have shooters in the team. You have Matty Ice. You have, um, what's his name is decent. He's over 30% though. And that is the young boy AR-15. And now you see Kenny Walker, who's a streaky shooter. He's like the Malik Monk of the team this year. Streaky shooter, but he can he can shoot better than 30%. So now the team's three-point percentage is shot straight up. Lakers are shooting a much higher three-point percentage. That's the way it's looking right now. And I said how things will fizzle out. Because right now, you look at the West. Um, Utah starting to come back down to earth just a little bit. Um, Denver and Portland, they're probably going to be hanging around there. Memphis and Phoenix. Phoenix dropped a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of fizzling out the way I think it will be. I still don't believe Utah is going to be those guys. I think that, obviously, Golden State's going to creep back into that mix. And that will change the landscape, so to speak. We have to wait and see what happens there. Sacramento's too high. I don't think they're a 500 team. So I think this is all going to make some changes slightly, but surely. Um, the East Coast is looking interesting. I see what Brooklyn's going to do. Such a shocking thing was happening to Ben Simmons, Lord. Ben Simmons. I, I just I just didn't see this coming. He looks like he's just done playing basketball. He looks washed. He looks mentally gone. Someone someone, please give him a proper therapist that's going to go into his brain and figure out what the hell his major malfunction is. It's just bad. And I, and I feel bad for drafting him. I feel totally bad for drafting Ben Simmons on my team. And then, of course, I got Kawhi. Kawhi? Kawhi? Kawhi is not playing a damn game. God damn, man. What's going on with him? Man, so for me to have Kawhi, to have Kawhi, Ben Simmons, and I got Jamal Murray, man, these guys right here are hurting me. So, um, Fantasy basketball has really been killing me lately, but we'll see what happens. Um, I believe I have the schedules pulled up. 
for the Lakers coming up really soon. They don't play again until Friday, and they play the Detroit Pistons, like I said, winnable game. Then they play the Spurs at home, winnable game. They're going to lose probably to the Suns on Tuesday. Then they have the Spurs back-to-back. Thanksgiving, they have them back-to-back. Friday and Saturday, 5 o'clock in San Antonio. They should win both games. And by that time, Thomas Bryant will be back. He should be in the flow of things. We'll see how that pans out. I just I just want Thomas Bryant back. They say he should be back by uh, Friday. I don't need him back until next Tuesday against the Sun. And see how he does with Aiton right there. So that'll be good to see. Um, one other thing. My team, my team over here in Los Angeles... The LAFC Los Angeles Football Club beat Philadelphia 3-3 in the 128th minute with penalty kicks to go ahead and prevail to win their first MLS championship. Yeah, my guys did that thing. Just an interesting game. It's a lot to cover about it. I don't follow soccer that much. I don't want to read the full article at the end of the day. We got another championship here in LA and the Clippers still don't. I mean, dude, you let the Sparks get three. The Kings have some, right? I remember when the Ducks got some. We're going to Anaheim now, right? The Ducks, the Angels, the Doyers just won another one. The 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 Lakers, we already know this. All these teams getting rings, bro. The Galaxy already won one. So now the other, the newest franchise here. LAFC have now won their championship. Where are you, Clippers? Where are you? <laughs> That's all it reminds me of. The Chargers don't count. The Rams got one just last year. Like everybody's winning them. We're all winning them. The City of Champions. Every other year, we're going to get another one because we have so many teams that are all successful. That's what we demand. Clippers, what are you doing? Like, like you can't get Kawhi into the game. You got, you still got Pandemic P playing pretty well. That's great, but he's not good. He's not good enough by himself to get you there. He ain't. He ain't. I thought John Wall was gonna ball out. What's John Wall doing so far? Huh? Oh yeah, y'all looking better than the Lakers. That's that's all y'all care about. Y'all all Clipper fans care about is being better than the Lakers. That's all they need. They they say, hey, we beat y'all this year. We swept y'all this year. We good. Okay, that's a bum franchise. I'll tell you like I see it, man. Y'all not doing nothing. LAFC, go ahead and do your thing, Pippin. Do your thing. Bring another championship. We have two soccer teams that brought a championship here. Um, WNBA team brought a championship here. Um, well, the Chargers don't really count, but shoot, let's see. I, I guarantee you the Chargers will be in the Super Bowl before the, the Clippers can make it to the finals. That's how bad the Clippers are cursed, man. And now they're about to go ahead and move to Inglewood, where the Lakers built their entire legacy in L.A.? You just, dude, just move to Seattle. Move on with life. Come on, playboy. Come on, playboy. That is what it is, man. It, it felt good, bad. Before we get out of here, um, got, we'll be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, uh, the last outbidder getting knocked out in the final round, the fifth round, man. That That's a tough one. Um, I wish I had a chance to watch it. It was quite an occupied kind of. I wanted to watch it with my cousin, but he was busy. We like to watch all the top fights together, and it just didn't happen. But for this guy to beat him for the third time in his career, first time in MMA, he had him rocked. I saw the clips, but the guy was just too big. 
I don't see how they're in the same weight class. It doesn't even make sense. Like, did he get that dehydrated, put on 20 more pounds before the fight? I guess. But the guy was just too big because Alcina, those punches he was landing, usually knocks people out. Usually gets them knocked on the ground. At least he can ground and pound them and it's over. But it just wasn't phasing this dude. I, I don't think this dude's human, man. He might be a cyborg, y'all. I'm telling you what I know. It's just looking really crazy out there in these streets, man. I'm, I'm feeling for Alcina. I, I noticed at the interview before, it would, I think on first take or whatever it was, um, he just seemed so unfazed, unbothered. And he just seemed like he was like at peace with losing. He's like, man, if I lose, it is what it is. I think he was shook because this guy, he beat him up the first two fights and still ended up getting knocked out or losing. Um, so three times in a row, I don't see him coming back from it. I think he's going to, he's going to, he has to do the claws and he might just have to find a way to get this brother to submit because he ain't going to, with his striking, it ain't going to work against this guy in kickboxing. You got to find a way to get this brother to submit. So you need to be training your butt off and wait about two to three months and find a way to get him on the ground and get him to submit because you ain't knocking this dude out. He's too big, too strong, and he's already immune to your punches. It is what it is. Um, I did watch Wakanda Forever, and I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. I'm actually going to watch it again. I keep hearing a lot of people saying that it's like, oh, it's mid. Is this and that? Maybe your expectations. A lot of times when you have high expectations and very few things can meet them, then you can say, turn around and say, oh, it was not that good. I didn't have high expectations. I knew they were going to try to find a way to celebrate Chadwick more so than really uh, T'Challa and the way he left. They incorporated I'm not going to say too much, but they incorporated all that into the movie. So they made it real. They humanized him to us. And that was emotional in itself. The movie had a good storyline. The movie lasts about over two hours and 40 minutes. So a lot of people were probably basing it off of that too. It's so long. Why did it drag out? It didn't drag out. They told a great story. It was well written. It was well written. The cinematography is going to win a lot of awards. So people were like oh the first one was better because you got a killmonger and you had all this political stuff it was cool it was hip but this one had a lot of sadness it was very deep it was not a typical marvel film it was just a really good film. it wasn't even like an action film it had depth <laughs> okay had a lot of layers to it it was a great film in my opinion i'm going to go back and watch it again I think that I'm not trying to downplay other people who thought what they wanted to think. I just feel like their minds are a little bit too simple into this when they were looking just for a fun Marvel flick versus a good cinema, cinema, uh, cinematic film. Okay, uh, I'm going to watch it again this week. I'm going to find time. So that is that. I probably missed something that I didn't cover this week. That's fine. Um, you guys can watch everything else you want on Fox Sports or ESPN or any other outlet. For me, this is a totally different show. We do something different. We, we talk about things and we relate it to sports. It's not really a sports show, so you should be good with that. All right. Well, that's all I got this week, guys. Um, tune in again next week. I appreciate all my listeners. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Have a great day, people. We do not have the rights to this music.
man. Looking out my loft windows, man, my dreams that came true. Looking at the mirror, wonder if it's the same dude. Looking at my closet, wonder it's all about clothes. Look right next to me, wonder it's all about. Hop in the car and ask the all-star where this life goes. Then I drive so fast, I blur the light poles. They say drive slow, I say I know. Then away I go. And away I flew in this year or two. I know this what God put me here to do. But in this excitement, you just might miss a shorty with a demo like, hey, you might like this. And see, he remind me of me just a year ago. Now he telling me I'm his hero. I took a CD and I asked him what he looking for. He said, man, I don't know, maybe a miracle.
black people that get on the radio every day in white-owned companies, white-owned stations with white-owned sponsors that play the role of hypersexualized, hypercriminalized male. I ask these advertisers, I say, I've got hundreds of songs a day that celebrate killing animals. Will you put them on your station? They said, no. I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about assaulting women and, 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 and abusing kids. Would you put them on your station? They said, no. I said, I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about murdering blacks. Would you put them on your stations? They said, well, that depends. Depends on what? Who it's done by and who it's branded for. Because if we can get black folks to sing about it and we can brand it for our youngest black audiences, I think there's money to be made. I think there's American appetites to see these people that way. I said, how can you say that? They said, well, look, it's what these artists know. It's what they, black people, uh, create. It's a matter of fact, our surveys say it's what they want to hear, which speaks of a sickness. How do we live in a society where somebody says, you know what, I'm inspired to write a song that celebrates murdering another person. And then a person says, I'd like to put that on my station. Another person said, I'd like to pay for it. And then there's people out here in the audience that go, I'd love to hear it, as long as it's black guys. Because even white people buy rap music, buy this type of stuff, because we know that when we want to hear about killing each other, we know who to turn to for that type of inspiration. We call it our music, we say we own it. White people buy more rap than black people. Yeah, but we're very careful to turn it down at the stoplight when other black people are there. Why? Because we know we're just pretending for them it's, it's more authentic and real. I always ask the companies, what about your name? What about your brand? What about your value? And the largest radio company in the world said this, it's okay that we only have drug dealers on our black youth stations, we only have murders on our black youth stations, we support black charities. We give out water at the Martin Luther King parade, I think we've got it covered. We've bought them off. Now, people get upset, the smartest guys in the room again, you're talking about censorship. I don't believe that. I believe in, cent I believe in free art, make whatever you want. I believe you should make music about anti-Semitism. I believe you should make music about killing dogs. I believe in this country you should make music uh, uh, about uh, bashing homosexuals and driving them behind trucks. I believe you should make music about uh, stringing people up on, on, on trees. I believe you should make music about killing Whitey. I believe you should make all that music. But I also believe that in the mainstream marketplace, people should hesitate associating their name with certain content. You know, there's certain stuff you can't buy at the store, certain stuff you can't get on iTunes because their brand doesn't want it. But if you want to hear black people celebrating killing black people, they got thousands and thousands and thousands of those things to sell you. I don't think it's about censorship. I think it's about American cultural hypocrisy. Because here's the truth. These black entertainers, they can't sing just about anything. There's some stuff that'll get them fired, and they get dropped, and they get fired, and they get slapped on the wrist, and they get disciplined all the time. Why? Because sometimes they step over the bounds. A very famous case is what happened with Rick Ross. Rick Ross is the Mammy Two-Shoes, one of the many Mammy Two-Shoes of our day. He's, he's a black entertainer in a world carved out for him, in a role carved out for him by white entertainment companies. And one day he talked about, in the middle of a song that celebrated dealing drugs and killing blacks, he made a reference to date rape. And when he made that reference to date rape, that set social media on fire. That got 100,000 petitions in 24 hours. Hey, buddy, date rape is no joke. That had white people standing outside of Reebok in New York saying, you better take this seriously. We're tired of a rape culture in America. One line in one song moved the masses. And you know what Reebok did? Did they stand by him and say, hey, we believe in freedom of speech. We believe in freedom of expression. It's just a song. Calm down. No, they fired his tail on the spot. The president came out and said, this goes against our high standards. He's gone against the values of our brand. Shame on Rick Ross. We're disappointed. He doesn't know how serious date rape is. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, how convenient. Isn't that amazing? But here's what really happened. It's not their brand, it's not their values. Rick Ross went off script. He was hired to get black customers, and they think that black customers go with black bait. And in America, black bait is the hypercriminalized, hypersexualized portrayal of black people. And as long as he had sung about that, the stuff that got him hired, he still have a job at Reebok. But when he touched other sensitivities that affect us, he lost his job. See, the truth is, it's not they that need to change, it's we that need to change. 
We, we created the lies. We created them for our profit. We, the, we own the companies. We own the record labels. We own the advertisers. And we keep putting it out. And it's this that's got to change. I thought about it. You know what? I, I wonder if White Mike could get anybody's attention on this. So I stood outside of a Walmart. And I said, hey, uh, I don't think killing cops and killing blacks is very cool. And you know what? It only took seven weeks of Mike Mike standing out there. And they wrote a letter and said, yeah, we don't think it's cool either. We're going to pull our name off of that. The largest retailer in the world had never considered that maybe their commercial shouldn't be right before or after a song about young black men being gunned down. And I realized this, that black murder is normal, but it should not be. And I realized the importance at the coffee table, at every headline, every pastor's gathering, every family gathering, to say, you know what, these black lives matter. It's not just another black kid. These are human beings. I'm doing my best in every way, shape, and form. Talks like this everywhere I can go to say, you know what, I was born in a world where black murder was normal. My kids were born into a world where black murder is normal. But I don't want to die in a world where black murder is normal. And my five years or ten years away, I don't know, but I'm screaming as high as I can. Let's feel this pain and let's lift our voice to tell the lies. They are not criminals, they are not deviants, and their lives are just as important as ours. <sighs> another week, another soapbox. So, um, I believe it was Halloween or Halloween weekend when Takeoff was killed. Um, don't believe to be the target of, of the assassination. But um, the bigger issue is the gun laws in the country of the United States of America. And once again, what I continue to have you understand that this country does not care about your life. They know that your life is replaceable, but they do care about their bottom line and their money. And the ones who rely on the pockets of those money are the ARI people, the people who can rate and control these guns. If you understand history, you understand that a lot of wars are being were, were started off of greed because there were times when we were having financial quarrels and they say that creating weapons of mass destruction kept a lot of people in jobs. I remember the parallel. I've said this multiple times now on this platform that um, if you watch the, I mean, I've been, I need to get paid <laughs> by Monsters Inc. and by the people at Pixar. Is it Pixar? Is one of those, or DreamWorks? I can't remember which one that it is, but they owe me money because I'm promoting, as Kyrie did, promoting uh, uh, a picture. That's a good one. Um, I don't know if my daughter's seen it yet, but Monsters Inc. In the movie Monsters Inc., I'm not going to give you the whole plot and, and the way the story breaks down because I want you guys to watch it, but the the the, the way that the people in, in the monsters world and their dimension, the way that they powered their society, the energy they use to power everything. Like we use electricity, we generate it from water mills and solar. And we have so many different nuclear. We have so many ways of generating electricity, which we use to power up all of our devices. And now we're using to power up our vehicles. And even in Monsters Inc, they already had electric vehicles. So they were ahead of the time. Now, the way they were able to generate their electricity, the power to keep them alive, the to, to power their refrigerators and the, and the like, was to generate an amount of screams. Those, those monsters you're, that are in your closet, children, the ones that are underneath your bed, the ones you thought were just fictional characters. No, they were real. And that's what this story is about. And they were, scre they were scaring you because they needed that to power their communities. At the end of the movie, we realize, we learn that they got 
multiples. They got exponential amount of power by making those same children laugh. If we found a better way to generate money versus having free labor by incarcerating black and brown people, because by the, the, the genesis of this country, uh, they knew the best way to generate income was to get free to cheap labor. And that's how you can accumulate wealth. But they don't understand there's different ways of doing that because the way things are going more IE or AI or whatever like that, there's different ways to generate income without having to enslave a number of people. It's the greed. It's the greed in it all. That's why people like Takeoff's Life is expendable. And people want to say, oh, it rap, it, it's it, being a rap, a rap artist is dangerous to your health. How many rappers are dying month after month, week after week? Oh, there's so many rappers that are dying. It's such a bad industry to be in. Then you even see people in the rap community dying of cancer. It's such a bad avenue to be in. Oh, don't be a rapper. I would say false. Is don't be black in America because there's people dying daily in the streets where we come from, Chicago, Louisiana. I should say a more specific place, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Oakland, Houston, Atlanta, Bronx, Detroit, Minneapolis. There's places you could point to anywhere in America where there's a large population of African-American people where we are dying, where we are killing ourselves because there's people who feel the need to have to purchase a firearm to protect themselves from other people who have to purchase a firearm because they're trying to get up the old fashioned way. The Italians did the same thing when they live in the ghettos, they had guns, they had drive-bys, they did the same thing until they were able to take that money in a community and build that up. The difference is in the, in the Jewish community, in the Italian community, and other communities, in, in, in the different Asian communities, they take their money, however they accumulate it, rather it's the Mexicans who are on the corners do, doing, doing uh, uh, selling fruit or selling flowers, if it's not the Mexicans over there at a Home Depot getting odd jobs, getting paid underneath the table because people in this country don't want to pay taxes, however they accumulated their wealth their money they put it together in a pot as a family and then use that money to make sure their children their offspring became educated and got better jobs they went ahead and took some of that time and, and cutting grass and said you know what we can take this money together and create a landscape business we can create businesses out of this instead of having to continuously kill each other yes the mexicans have game they have cartels but they do it as a family that's what makes them a cartel they're finding ways to make money as a family, what makes it easier. Because you're not going to kill your brother, are you? And once you legitimize yourselves, you learn to play the game. Because even those from back in the days, they, they got their money from some level of boot, bootlegging. Finding a, a, a chink in the armor to go ahead and, and say, I'm going to accumulate some wealth. I'm going to be the martyr. I'm going to take that, that blow for the family. Get that wealth and go ahead and push it towards the offspring so we can start buying property. We can start building businesses and we can start living the quote unquote American dream. But why aren't we doing that? Why are we getting hooked on drugs? And there's a lot of reasons why. I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's not systemic at all. I've had whole shows about the systemic racism in this country. 
but turn the tables. Why can't we start buying, uh, having the money to buy into these jails, these prison systems? We they, they have these for-profit prison systems where they have the system set up to incarcerate black people. Why can we do the same thing and incarcerate white people? In areas, in populations, we can start building jails in areas where there's a, a high population of white people. We can start building up communities when you have uh, a majority black uh, uh, judicial system, when you have a majority black uh, 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 um, um, police stations. And you police and you patrol areas that do not look like you. And you start to incarcerate people who do not look like you. And you go ahead and funnel that money back into this system. And as you continue then also too, by having more money and having more wealth, you produce more offspring. And every generation we multiply and we multiply and we multiply to replace those that are being sent into those prison camps to replace those that are being killed on the streets by these police officers. You gotta balance the scales. Why can't you take some of that money back and go back to the places where born people look like you and you go ahead and generate wealth and you go ahead and, and acquire and use that science and learn to get some weapons of mass destruction so you could go ahead and make sure you have yourself aligned to see that you can balance the powers. Why, why, why can't you go ahead and, and create more offspring to have more people, to have more bodies on this earth like people in China who have billions? Build up those people so you have more people to fight in your wars. Build up those people so you can get the nice financial equality so you can now you can do the same thing they do and go ahead and put your people in different areas of the world so you can make sure you keep an eye on them, just like the United States does. They do this. They prepared for this. You have things in Planned Parenthood and you have all these different, different ways of why they're controlling our amount of offspring. If they're going to kill off one child from every household, have 10. Why not? What's stopping you? Utilize the sources they have before you. They have tax write-offs. If you live in a ghetto, that's fine. Find your money, build your money. You guys, instead of living in separate houses, instead of living in separate apartments, instead of living the way you're living, damn it, do like the kids you see growing up today who make all the money, the Jay-Zs and, 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 and the, the Nazis of the world. Ghostface Killer should talk about it. He said his, his cousin used to pee in the bed. It was four in the bed, two at the, two at the foot, two at the head. I don't want to sleep with John John because he wet the bed. Those are the lyrics. Those are the people who live to achieve great things. Do the same thing. Do not rush to go into a little apartment where you can't accumulate any wealth unless you own it. If you don't own it, you're not doing anything. Damn it, all y'all live in a house. Have four or five families in a house and accumulate your wealth. Start over. Stop trying to buy shiny things. I understand what it's like to be out there with a gun. I got one too. And I damn it, I almost went off the other day on another brother because he owed me money. These are the facts. And Kenny, give me my money, brother. We talk about that off, off here. Give me my money so I ain't gotta be going down the streets looking for you. That ain't right. You know what I mean? And don't turn your back on me when I'm talking to you. But you see that? That's, that's kind of how it is too. In other communities, in the Jewish community, in the Asian community, they're not pulling no guns out on each other. You know, the crazy part is when I'm riding through the hood, I got the gun on my hip at all times. All times. Because you never know who's gonna try to jack me. I got my nice, pretty SUV out there. They wanna try to take that from me. When I go into the white communities, when I go back home in the Asian community, I don't have to worry about that. I put the gun away. What kind of message does that send where I can feel safer around people who do not look like me than being around the people who look just like me? Makes no sense. We have to change the narrative. We have to change the way we think. We have to change the way we live. We have to change the way we treat each other. Does it sound familiar? Go ahead, rest in peace, Tupac. He said this in the, in the song, Changes. This is true to this day. Tupac died in 96. There's people who've been saying this since the 50s and 60s and 70s. 
and it's only getting worse because we're killing each other off. We are creating the only, we are creating our own genocide. Whether we're killing each other, the police killing each other, or we're getting locked away in prison, no matter what, by the slate of things, we're not doing better. By getting rid of the black man in, in, in our families, you're having more children born that are of lighter pigment, less black children being born every day because the black women have who else to choose from. Also, too, you go to Planned Parenthood, you go to other areas where you try to try to donate sperm, the rules and regulations behind it, you cannot be a felon, you cannot be this, you cannot be that, you cannot be homosexual. There's so many different things, whereas checking off the boxes for not enough black donors. So when you have single black women who want, and, and these women with success, they want to go ahead and get a donor, the chance of them getting a black donor is slim to none. It's only 2% of all the donors out there are black men. That's alarming. So many dying, so many in prison, so many getting locked up. So now it's hard to reproduce, to procreate as a black woman in America. Things got to change because we're about to be extinct. Until next time. You can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. Mm -hmm. Well, that's this this week, guys. Another great week. Another great show. All right. All right. We got into it this week, and it was great to have y'all here. The music choice this week was Anything by Patti LaBelle featuring Kanye West, Barry Mary, and Consequence. Remember, if you like the show, of course, like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. Yeshua strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in glory and in the glory of the Father and the Holy Angel. Truly I tell you, who some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom. Luke 9, 21 through 27. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.